You are listening to Master Coaching with Ajit, a podcast that inspires coaches to impact lives of their clients more meaningfully. I am Coach Ajit, and I'm known for coaching high performers, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm also a serial entrepreneur and author of many books. On this podcast, I am answering your burning questions. I'm also demonstrating and deconstructing behind-the-scenes coaching sessions. When I was a kid, I was one of those kids that was invited often to go and dance at a party. In Indian tradition, there's a tradition at weddings that we do that is called Sangeet. In Sangeet, what happens is like a musical evening where you have all the family members come in and there are a few kids and a few adults that would dance to some fun music. And I was one of those default kids that would always be invited, like any relative's anniversary I would be dancing, any relative's wedding I would be dancing. I was a dancing kid and I was pretty decent at it. I would perform and I would enjoy the performance and the people would enjoy my performance or so I thought at least as a kid and it was going great and I was really enjoying that journey for me until I hit my teens. And you know how teenagers are. And now when somebody would tell me, hey, I just, we need you to perform. My mom will say, hey, you know, your cousin's getting married and they will expect you to do a dance. Like, I don't want to do a dance. Oh, your uncle's getting married and they will expect you to do a dance at their sangeet. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do this dance. I mean, I'm 13, I'm 14, I'm 15. I'm, I'm an adult now. Like, why should I be doing this? No, but you're so great at it and everybody wants to watch you and you do such a great job and you even do like more complex things now. You should totally be dancing at your cousin's wedding and reluctantly and being dragged into these things. I was like dancing, but I was like, oh, please shoot me already. And as a teenager, I just started to close off to the idea of wanting to dance at people's weddings because I would feel embarrassed. I would feel weird about it. I would feel this is not for me anymore. And as I leaned into more and more of that, I started to find that as I grew older to kind of block all these invitations, I started becoming this person that was closed off. So previously, as somebody who was dancing on stage, I was jovial, I was up and I was like ready and I was ready to dance at any given time. And then as I started to be this person who was resisting and and fighting this idea because I was just constantly put without my permission on stage, without any joy on stage, without any time on stage, the joy of dancing started to fade away and I started to close off. So sort of tell people, no, I don't like gatherings. I don't want to go to gatherings. I don't want to meet people. I don't want to go to weddings. I don't want to go to functions. I don't want to go to anniversaries. And that was a way for me to start avoiding to go to these dance floors or expect to do a dance like impromptu. And slowly but surely, I started to find myself more closing off to social gatherings. And as I was closing off myself to social gatherings, I also started to find that I really didn't enjoy interacting with people. As my life would progress, I would start to say, well, I'm an introvert. You know, the the kind of people who don't enjoy hanging out with other people, like their energy regulates internally, so they just need quiet time. They just need to spend time with themselves. That they just need to like hide. 
because they're introverts. You know, that's just who they are. That's their authentic self. Their authentic self is who they truly are. And honestly, I'm an introvert. And I would pride myself in saying myself as an introvert. I pride myself so much as an introvert that I would resonate with people who call themselves introvert. I'm like, yeah, me too. I'm an introvert too. I really don't like hanging out with people, but I have to, you know, such is life. And I would brag about it. Even as a new coach, I would brag about it because I had other coaches saying that they were introverts and they're like, ah, same same, see, I'm going to be a successful coach because that successful coach says they're an introvert, I'm an introvert, we're an introvert, we're going to win. And that became a narrative that I kept repeating to myself and kept telling myself that this is who I am, this is my authentic self. And it was so dominant that recently, about two years ago, we moved to this wonderful city of Austin in Texas. And as we moved into the city, I had no friends here. We knew no one. We knew like one or two people when we first moved here. And my wife identifies herself as an extrovert. And I, of course, identified myself as an introvert. But because we moved here, we knew a few people. Other people got to know that I moved to the city. So we started getting invited to different places to get introduced to new people. And I would just go, oh, I'm an introvert. You know, I can't go to the party. I can't go to that birthday party. I don't want to go to that public event. I don't want to go to somebody else's event. I just kept resisting to go to places. And I found myself six months in with no friends in Austin. Nobody that I could say, well, that's my friend, or that's the person I want to hang out with, or that's the person we hang out all the time. Any of those things, I wouldn't be able to say that because I just qualified myself as an introvert, as this person who doesn't really hang out with other people. But what happened one day is as I was studying an online program to become more charismatic, one of the exercises the trainer asked us to do was to write down the places and events when we felt more charismatic and less charismatic. And then that exercise took me down this rabbit hole of saying, hey, listen, is it that I am an introvert? Or is there people and places that make me an introvert? Am I really not liking people? Because I love my friends and I love my family and I love my colleagues, like my team members love me and I love my team members. My business partners love me and I love my business partners. Like, do I really not like people? Am I somebody who doesn't want to hang out with people? Am I really an introvert? And this sent me down this rabbit hole of really inquiring as to, am I an introvert? And so I started writing down people and places that make me feel like an introvert and people and places that don't make me feel like an introvert. And I found that the reason why I felt like an introvert is because I was engaging in realities that the world told me I must do as a business owner, as a coach, as a person. And because of that, I would put myself into situations that I didn't like. So I automatically turned into an introvert. Now, here is the key here. I was doing disservice to everyone. I was showing up at places, acting like an introvert, so corrupting the energy of that space. Whoever's party it was, whoever's situation was, was corrupting their space because I was going in like this guy who's just standing in a corner with his drink and playing with only his kids and doing whatever that limited one person talk and holding people hostage around him because he wouldn't talk to anybody else. So firstly, I was corrupting the energy of the party. And secondly, I was doing disservice to myself. After that party, I felt even more drained than before going to the party. So I was like, hold on. So me acting as an introvert, firstly, is informed by people and places I don't like. And secondly, when there are people in places that I do like, I don't act as an introvert. Huh, interesting. Which meant that if I only showed up at places that I enjoyed and only hung out with people that I enjoyed, I would never be an introvert. If I only did things that I truly loved, 
I would not drain my energy. I would actually be excited. I would actually be an extrovert. As this discovery settled into my body, into my soul, I realized that the mask that I was wearing of being an introvert, of saying that my authentic self tells me that I'm an introvert, was a mask at best. That I am not an introvert or an extrovert. I am not this or that. I am who I am. And that sent me down the rabbit hole of really understanding what does our authentic self mean. And what I saw out in the world and what my discovery led me to was something that was even more fascinating. I started to find people who call themselves authentic and were being rude to other people. I found individuals calling themselves authentic and not giving a shit about the other person that is in the conversation. I found people who said, I am authentic and I must express myself and wouldn't let somebody else speak. There would be people that would call themselves authentic and would be close to any new idea. I found people who said they were authentic but were using it as crutches, like myself, to hold back on certain interactions or hold back from certain challenges in life. I used introvert as an authentic mask to not show up in the world in a particular way, to hide behind the mask of introversion and used authenticity as the label to justify it to myself. And what I find today is most people who call themselves authentic are doing the same. They're using the word authentic to mask themselves, to shield themselves from the world outside. There's a fun story and cathartic story at the same time. There is an acquaintance of mine and they were in relationship with someone. And while being in relationship with that person, they started a relationship with somebody else. And the justification they gave to everyone that they met was my true love is this other person. My true love is this new person that has showed up in my life. Now, I don't doubt that. Love can happen to anyone at any time. But does authenticity or being authentic to your new love really allow you and give you the permission to cheat on somebody else? Or should you, if you were truly authentic, really have that true love conversation with the one person that you're in love with, the new person, and then also have the conversation with the person that you may not be in love with anymore and have a conversation about it, not cheat on someone? Is authenticity our new way, our new bypass to do things that are just not right? Is authenticity the new mass, the new pathway, the new workaround that we found, the bypass that we have found to do things that are just not right? Cheating on someone is not right. Being rude to another person is not right. Hurting another person is not right. Doing mean things and being mean to other people is not right. Limiting your potential and limiting somebody else's potential is not right. Putting somebody else down is not right. Racism is not right. So is being authentic being closed-minded? Is being authentic being limited? Would it be fair if the mask of authenticity created limitations in the world? Would it be okay if the mask of authenticity is creating more rifts and divides in the world? Is it okay if we use this beautiful world called authentic and utilize it to hurt other people? Well, my answer is no. Authenticity is not about any of that. Authenticity 
is about something completely different. A child is authentic. A two-year-old, a three-year-old, a four-year-old is authentic. They are the most honest version that you can find on planet Earth to themselves. They're honest to themselves. They tell you what they like. They truly like it. They tell you what they don't like, and they truly do not like it. Authenticity is really the core knowing of who a person is without influencing other individuals around them. A two-year-old, a three-year-old does not want you to do something. They want to do things for themselves and they're real and clear about it. They are not trying to get you to be hurt. They want to be happy in themselves. And I noticed that because I have a two-year-old and I have a four-year-old. And I observe them, I realize that they have some fundamental characteristics which makes them so authentic, which makes them so real, makes them non-threatening to other people. For that matter, they're the most adorable beings in my life. They're the most authentic beings in my life. They're probably the greatest reminder of what true authenticity looks like. And here are the undertones that I see them show up from every single day that tells me that they are an authentic person. They're never judgmental about anything. They don't judge you. They don't judge your acts. They're curious about it. They don't give statements on you. They are curious about it. Why did you do this? What did you do? How did that happen? They're not trying to judge you by what's your latest belief or what's your skin color or what colors you're wearing. They're curious about it. They're like, tell me more. How does that work? Why does that work? What is that? Curiosity. That's the first principle of a childlike authenticity. The second principle of a childlike authenticity is that they're interested They are interested in you. They're interested in the world. They are looking for more interesting things. They find new interesting data. Heck, I know more about dinosaurs thanks to my son. And I think I will know a lot more about makeup thanks to my daughter because she's starting to do that at two years old. And the third principle to childlike authenticity is that they're creative. My son is four and he goes, one plus one is two. And then soon enough, he goes, but one plus one can also be one. And one plus one can also be 11. He's being creative. He's being interested. He sees the same world in many different ways. And so he can be fully expressed because he's not limited by the rules of the world. He is playing with the rules of the world as he feels it is right for him. And lastly, I think the final principle and a key principle of being authentic, being childlike authentic, being really authentic, is that you're growth-oriented that you are not something, that you are becoming something at all times, that you are not just being something, you may enjoy the beingness of where you are, but you are always becoming, that you know that your authentic self is not who you are, but who you are becoming, that your authentic self is not limited by the boxes that the society puts you in, it is probably outside those boxes. It's the colors that you have had always done outside the boxes. That is your authentic self. That is your growth-oriented self. You are not limited by the systems of the world. You create the systems of the world, of your world, your inner world, your outer world. That there is no point that you are well-defined and clearly defined because by definition, you're always growing. See, if you talk to my four-year-old, you would see that he is so growth-oriented. He's always learning. 
He's always testing out his ideas. He's always going, wow, I get to learn this new thing. And you can see very clearly things that he's interested in, things that he wants to grow in. You put him in a class and you would clearly go, his vibration changes. And you put him in another class and you will clearly see his vibration go up. He's growth-oriented in that direction. It's clear for authentic individuals, for childlike authenticity, a fundamental principle is that you're growth-oriented, that you know that you are not it. You are always evolving. You are not defined. You are not a box. You are unlimited. You are getting defined and you will keep getting defined. There is no point where it is well-defined. So I took those principles that I observed in my kids and my children, and I said, hey, how do I find my authentic? How do I find at least a version of my authentic so I can start this journey all over again? The question is, who are you when you like yourself the most? Who are you? What does that feel like? What does that look like when you like yourself the most? Because when you like yourself the most, that's probably is because that's the closest you are to you. That's probably your real, childlike, authentic self. And that is a good starting point to find that place where you like yourself the most. Where you go, oh, I love me. I love me doing this. I love me being this. I love when I show up like that. I love when I have conversations like this. I love when I respond like that. I love, I love, I love myself. When you find that place where you love yourself so much, that's the place you want to be in every single day. That's the place where we start finding our authentic current version. And once we lean into that, we find the pathway to live our authentic self every day, which is to be in the present, enjoy the state of I love myself who I am right now, and that's my authentic self right now, while discovering how I can continue to love myself to find that growing version of me. It's not the place where you go, okay, this is where it is, and this is how my authentic self is. No, 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 no. That's where we start. And then we keep asking the question, what would I like to add to that? How will I love myself even more? How can I love myself even more? And that gives you your growth edges. That gives you that ability to find the next authentic version of you, that next discovery of you that you love even more, that makes you even more authentic, even more congruent, even more clear about where you want to go. See, your authentic self was not in the past. Your authentic self is not in the present. Your authentic self is in the future. The way to live your authentic life is to live in alignment that you are on a journey to continuously explore and grow into your authentic self. Don't let the word authentic limit you. Don't let the word authentic make you mean. Don't let the word authentic become a mask to hide from the world. Turn towards childlike authenticity so you can constantly evolve as a being. You can constantly evolve as a person and grow into someone that you love even more. Thank you for listening in to Master Coaching with Ajit. I would love to know how much you enjoyed this episode. So go ahead to the review section, type in your review and send it my way. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll see you next week. Oh,